Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. After a slow start, the New York Knicks rebound to wrap up their West Coast road trip in sterling fashion, a 123 to 107 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll tell you about Deuce McBride's career night and so much more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. All right, guys, uh, this is Locked On Knicks. Uh, and we want to thank you for making it your first listen today and every day because we are now available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. So if you haven't gone and checked us out on YouTube um, and subscribed, that's that's a key part of it. You got to subscribe. You got to hit that notifications bell so you never, ever miss an episode. But who do you not want to miss? Uh, that's myself. I'm Gavin Schill, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole world wide world and i'm sure the strickland is probably gonna have some fantastic coverage of what was a super fun game alex uh the knicks um just to get get our 30 second recap in um they were down 10 nothing they didn't score a point through the first four minutes then they were down 15 to 3 then 21 to 6 um and then like kind of slowly but surely chipped away julius randall started making better decisions emmanuel quickly started hitting some shots honestly rj barrett was was he scored their first five points he was pacing them on both ends of the floor and then the third quarter the knicks just uh ended this game despite damian lillard being volcanic for the entirety of it um they scored 42 points in the third 15 to 21 from the field Five for eight from three-point range. IQ had 14 points to lead the way. And then, and then the Fortress honestly almost felt like an all-star game with the way the Knicks were turning defense into offense. Alex, it went from uh, a, a a deuce show, for lack of a better term, to to a deuce show in, in a positive way um, later in the game. Yeah. Hey, that's that was a pretty good turn of phrase right Thank there. Thank you. I, yeah, I come up with my best stuff at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was just... Uh, like deuce is the story out of this game this felt almost like and maybe this is hyperbole maybe this is it being one in the morning and me being uh a prisoner of the moment here but this feels a little bit like when emmanuel quickly just sort of forced himself into the conversation for minutes earlier this season where it's just like if this guy could play like this how can you justify not finding at least a few minutes a game for him and whether that means you know you cut RJ down to about where he was in this game or Grimes plays a little less, which he did in this game, like Deuce wound up playing 24 and a half minutes. Maybe that's not what he does every night, but 10 to 12 minutes of this guy with the defense that he plays is just dynamite. And I think that the Knicks might have discovered a, uh, well, they've been playing this lineup, but like the way that it clicked today was just insane. The Deuce quickly and heart combination was just, so good it was so fun to watch like 
they were absolute menaces on defense. I mean, I just cannot remember the last time that there's been like a Knicks like front three like that, that has that active of hands that's causing that much trouble on the perimeter, which then just sparked everything that they were doing, you know, whether it was Julius in there, whether it was Obi in there, um, you know, they were sparking this like awesome running gun offense by just like generating steals and, you know, getting after every board and playing transition defense. And I mean, it's just crazy. Like you had uh, deuce with a steal and two blocks. You had Hart with three steals. Uh, you had quickly with a steal of his own, but also 10 boards for Emmanuel quickly and nine boards for Josh Hart. I mean, the, the hustle was off the charts. It was like, it was like if you took their ratings on NBA 2K and all the hustle stats, jacked them up and then applied like a bonus to them uh, and, and somehow let them be like over a hundred. I just, that third quarter and then parts of the fourth quarter were just so electric with those guys on the floor. And, I loved every second of it. Like it was, it was the real difference maker of the game, but deuce, like specifically it, it's exactly what we've been talking about. Like, I feel like we just literally said this in the last show, like what, or maybe it was two shows ago, but whatever, like when he's making shots, he instantly becomes a like plus plus player because the defense is always going to be there. And the thing that's needed to come around for him is the shot. And that's sort of similar to quickly as well, where like, that was one of the last hurdles for quickly even like earlier this year was the shot wasn't really falling, but he was clearly impacting the game. Well, and then the shot started falling and then all of a sudden you're like, well, you can't keep this guy off the court cause he's too good. And I feel like we're sort of seeing that happen in real time with deuce granted. It has to, he has to find some more consistency in that, but it's, he's right on the precipice and this game was easily the best of his career and, and just such a joy to watch uh, and see him sort of break out like this. Yeah. It, it almost felt like he, he monstered Quentin Grimes to me because Grimes, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I'm getting negative so early in this podcast. I, I, I didn't think I was going to do that coming in, but Grimes played 20 minutes was just one for three from the field hit one, three, um, had four points, four fouls, three turnovers, uh, was, was a minus 11 for the New York Knicks. The only Nick outside of Mitchell Robinson, who's a minus four. That was a, um, a net or a net rating negative um, on the night. And it felt like Deuce did kind of everything that we, we want from Grimes. I mean, particularly right. I mean, the, the three point shooting is obviously the first thing that stands out as they note on the broadcast, he has been an absurdly good three point shooter in the G league. Um, and he's been a, a very, uh, a very poor one in the NBA shooting under 30% for the year, maybe, maybe above it um, after this game, but it, it started just with his activity level where, um, he is one of the few guys who actually cuts when Isaiah Hartenstein is in the game. And I feel like Isaiah Hartenstein gets, gets kind of a big, uh, smile on his face every, every time he, he sees he's checking him with deuce because, um, he went back door, um, do, and, and I, and I hard hit him. Um, and then he hit Randall cutting to the basket for a layup. Um, and then, um, I hard hit him again for a cross court three pointer. Then he had that insane, vicious flying transition block. Um, on Anthony Simons hit two more threes back to back. Um, one of my favorite plays of the game was when he um, stripped um, Nasir Little off an offensive rebound, um, and it led to an Emmanuel quickly three on the other end. And I think I think that put the Knicks up something like eighty nine to to seventy eight, and and that was sort of the moment where you were like, all right, the Knicks are about to run away with this. And Alex, I think that play to me at least kind of um, summed up uh, what you were talking about, where it just it felt like even when Portland 
did things well. Like the Knicks were just sort of in their head the whole game with their activity level. And and I, I hesitate to say that the Knicks, quote unquote, wanted it more because, I mean, while, while the Knicks guards were doing scrappy things, Damian Lillard was out there just raining fire on their heads. But it, it was plays like that. I mean, he had another strip on Nurkic later on in the fourth quarter that led to a, a run out and a three. So it was just over and over and over again. They were making these these hustle aggressive plays, but I'm curious of what you think of curious about what you think um, concerning that dynamic between him and Grimes, and and maybe if if Grimes doesn't get it together and and Deuce keeps shooting really well, that's the guy he could take some minutes from. Sure, and I think we've already seen that sort of happening with Hart too, right? Like Hart obviously ate into Grimes' minutes first and foremost, and maybe RJ a little bit. But I feel like this game was sort of a sweet spot for RJ as far as like playing time goes. He seemed really comfortable, and he was able to come in at opportune times and sub out at opportune times and and all that and played still 28 minutes. I mean, that's a perfectly acceptable amount of minutes for a starter, contrary to what Tibbs might want to tell you. Um, but, you know, then – I, I think I'm with you. Like, I think that with Grimes, it's like, I don't know, something's off with him lately. And, and it's and it's seeping into all aspects of his game. I don't know if maybe it's just fatigue or um, if he's just in a rut, you know, what the case may be. But the shot has not been falling as much. He hasn't seemed as, like, aggressive on offense um, these last few games. And the, I even noted it in the last game, like, you know, he was – attacking closeouts well but even just the timing seems off for him right now it's just kind of bizarre yeah uh, and I, just a quick interjection um, yeah. I, I thought benji summed that up really well where he's he's driving to pass and he's not driving to shoot and he's but yeah. it's like every single time and, and you got to make an honest effort to score because if not defenses won't respect that yeah and and i think we saw the opposite of that with deuce in this game where i thought that he was attacking the score and then we saw that open things for him with passing, like you referenced that that one cut that he made where uh Hartenstein found him and he was under the hoop and like he could have just gone up for a shot and you could tell the defense was expecting that and yet he just like patiently waited there, waited there, waited there, and then Julius Randall shook free and Deuce was able to just kind of like snake it between the couple defenders that were attempting to like swarm him and hit Randall for a super easy layup. So yeah, it's he's sort of doing all the things that you would like, if he starts hitting the threes, then he's absolutely doing all the things that you would want Quentin Grimes to do. Ideally now, super ideal world. They both are doing it and you can just split their minutes, you know, in maybe a two third, one third arrangement where Grimes is getting two thirds of those minutes, but maybe it's a good idea to sort of treat those two as like two sides of a coin, you know, and, and maybe play one a little more than the other some nights and, and vice versa, just to kind of, make sure that you can have you can like bottle up whoever is the hot one that night and and ride them to you know a good performance so i guess we'll see how that goes going forward but uh gavin we still have to get into emmanuel quickly and julius randall and rj barrett and obi toppin and josh hart and like pretty much everyone that touches the floor for the knicks because this was a fantastic game but I do just have to let everybody know real quick that I'm really excited by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Have you ever at home or in your car or walking to work or whatever or just walking around, have you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing 
your basketball franchise well your dream can come true and the game this game is definitely for you manage every strategic aspect of your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants trading and training players making draft picks navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of a season and all this is in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate pro basketball gm is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want to and yeah, I really like this game. It's it's fun. Uh, we've been competing in our own little locked on NBA uh, group, trying to see who can win the most championships. I am not in the lead at the moment, but I will be by the end. Trust me, I will be because uh, I get really obsessed with these sort of games. There was a a, a text based uh, game on like internet gate based game that I got hooked on, very similar to this a while ago. This is like a more full featured version, and the best part is even though you have the options to purchase things in the game, it's definitely not pay to win. And uh, I really like that about the game. So locked on Knicks listeners can get a 100% free free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code or look it up on your favorite app store. That's right. Probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball GM start your dynasty today. And we're back, and maybe the Knicks are uh, maybe Leon Rose is starting his own dynasty today. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know for sure. Maybe it might be a little presumptuous, Gavin. But when you have a guy like Emmanuel Quickly that is playing as well as he is in starts uh, in this game, twenty six points, ten boards, three assists, and he was he was cooking eight of fourteen shooting overall, four of eight from three, and six of seven from the free throw line. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good place to be as a franchise and, uh, quick, you know, he had those couple games after the Boston game where things were not quite, uh, not quite perfectly working for him. And I think that it's safe to say that he's back on track now. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It, uh, it reminded me of the first time he, he went to, uh, to Portland in his career. Um, if we want to look back on that, it was uh, January 24th. Oh, go ahead. It actually, isn't it funny how routine the 26 points feels now when it, it, that other game, didn't he score? Wasn't it also like 26? Yeah, he had, he had 31 in 24 30. minutes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy how now it feels like pretty routine for him to just go out there and drop 26 and have a fantastic impact on a game. Didn't really feel like a big deal on that. That yeah. game, he it took him um, hitting, oh, he only he made four threes. Tonight. It was actually pr- pretty similar stat lines, the two games, but he was, he was a little bit more efficient this one. Uh, eight for 14 instead of um, nine for 18 like he was that night. And I looked it up last year. He had a very forgettable game in Portland, only played 11 minutes, shot one for six, had four points, and it's it's crazy to think about. I mean, even even earlier this year, there were moments like that. But that, I mean, a little right around a year ago, um, there were games where quickly basically would, would would get the what the deuce treatment is on most nights and wouldn't really play a whole lot. And now he is um, about as essential of a player as this team has. Um, it is it is just it brings a smile to my face, Alex. Um, but what what stood out to me in this one um, from quickly is is just his his ability to find open space in the mid-range and and at, at times when we when we talk about his ability to generate space we just talk about his speed i, I know when we had um Arya chala and we were talking about some of the biomechanics of it it was his ability to just kind of to bend the corner almost like a great defensive end on drives where he gets almost parallel to the ground and defenders just aren't quite as flexible as he is uh, but tonight what's what stood out to me was just his ability to dribble horizontally 
and also um, kind of arrhythmically and use use these off pace dribbles. Like there was one shot. It was it was a left wing elbow jumper that that really flashed to me just how he got there because he was basically going across the lane going across the lane and the defense was like all right do we do we have to be worried about him do we have to be worried about him and he took one extra dribble and it was a dribble that almost implied that he was going to pick up the ball and pass it to the corner and then everyone just sort of cleared out and then he just turned and and hit the elbow jump shot and I mean it's easy to see that as a one-off and be like oh that was a fluky play the defense didn't really adjust to it but I, I think the more I watch him now I, I realize just how how conscious he is about doing that and and getting to um, certain spots, and it, it just feels like he he's almost a, a puppeteer at times um, with opposing defenses. And you combine that with all of his natural gifts, the shot making, the speed. I mean, you're looking at someone who who could um, eventually be a, a starter and a 20 plus point per game score in the NBA. There's that, and, and there's the fact that as we've noted a whole bunch of times this year, he he just like every three he makes just tends to feel monumental. Maybe that's the energy he brings to it, the way he celebrates some, but he had the one um, where he just curled around Josh Hart to tie it at 68. He had um, the previous one that I mentioned, which was like a, a wing three after Deuce got a steal. And I got the Knicks to a 83-78 lead, which at the time was the was the biggest lead of the game. 14 points in that third quarter, Alex. Um, as, as great as Deuce was, I, I think quickly was probably the Knicks MVP in this one. It's, it's pretty close between those two guys. Yeah, I mean, it's they were almost doing like the exact same type of stuff in some ways, but quickly just has that creation. I mean, the, the difference maker between him and Deuce right now is just his ability to just break guys down, you know, so easily. Like Deuce is still a little reliant on those, those cuts and, um, you know, like, like having other guys kind of create the opportunities for him in many ways, because the handle just isn't quite tight enough yet and all that stuff. Whereas quickly, it's just, he displayed it so many times in this game throwing guys in in your favorite booty jail, you know, just just getting them, you know, on his hip and driving in, patiently waiting for the right opportunity to come up. Had like one of the moments that stood out to me for quickly actually wasn't even a three, although all those were, as you noted, like amazing. But just again, like perfecting his pull up mid range game. It seems like every game he's getting more and more comfortable with that shot, which that was one that thanks to his sort of elongated load up for his his three-point shot you know seemed to take a little longer for him to learn how to like shoot off the dribble like that and sort of like compress his or or not compress but more like like make his his off the dribble shot a little more flowy than his three-point shot uh and he's gotten so good at that like he had this really nice baseline uh sort of falling away jumper at one point in this game that was came at if I remember right, another pretty key point, like in the second quarter when the Knicks yeah. were sort of making their run and, you know, making this game close going into halftime so that then they could blow it out of the water in the third quarter. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think he he had as great an impact as anyone uh, on this game. And and probably the the I mean, you know, it's tough to dispute when he has the highest score on the entire team. Like he, he probably had the greatest impact overall in this game, even if Deuce was more memorable just because of how. I don't want to say unexpected, but how much less expected it was that this would be like Deuce's uh, career high on this particular game. So uh, great game for Emmanuel quickly. We still got to talk about Josh Hart, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, uh, amongst others who all had great games as well, Gavin. But before we do that, do you want to let everybody know where maybe they could bet on Deuce's over in the next game? Because I, I think that might not be a, a bad idea. Well, you know what, Alex, if, if, if you know what the number one sports book in America is, why would you go anywhere else? Um, and that is, of course, 
FanDuel, and it, it just passed the midway point of the NBA season, so it's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes drained, and we, we have yet another argument in favor of Emmanuel quickly winning sixth man of the year. I know the odds aren't what they once were, but I don't know. I still, I still might throw some money down. I mean, the only argument against him is that is that he might is, is he's turning into just a pretty good starter at this point. Um, on top of that, you you might even want to throw some money down on Emmanuel quickly for most improved. He got a shout out um, on the low post uh, for that recently. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So you don't miss the chance. And you no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more of FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with that, we are back on Locked On Knicks. Um, we got a we got a shout out to RJ Barrett, who's been on a pretty good run of late. But Alex, in in all these games, I've still I've had I've had nits to pick, right? I've I've, I've slipped in a little critique here, a little critique there. Much to the chagrin of uh, one of our YouTube commenters in particular, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a couple more people listening who are who are a little bit less vocal um, in the comment section. But uh, tonight, um, I I really had no issues with this game from RJ Barrett. The only thing is like he didn't he didn't get an assist, but it wasn't it wasn't for lack of trying. He he played totally unselfishly. Um, he consistently took advantage of I I think a really ideal matchup. Against Portland, particularly, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think Jeremy Grant would have guarded him. As Jeremy Grant probably would have been on Randall, but but no Jeremy Grant. Um, just not a lot of length for Portland out there. It was Trent Watford and um, at times uh, Matisse Thybul trying to slow RJ down. But whenever he got a mismatch, whenever he got Anthony Simons on him, he was very quick to go at it. But what I love from RJ in this game was his ability to show restraint. At one point, he got Dame on him and he tried to back him down. Tried to back him back him down. Dame is a pretty strong and sturdy guy, and RJ was like, "All right." I, I didn't get anywhere here. I thought I would, um, but I'm going to take advantage that you have some help defenders thinking that I'm going to get somewhere leaning towards me. And he whipped a pass into the corner to Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly missed the three, but that is not the point. The point is that RJ made the simple, correct play. And that, that is all I ever want from the guy also had three blocks in this game, got it done defensively. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like just, just from a physical perspective, the way he, he bullied Thibel who um, whatever concerns you have about his offense, even though he's pretty good in that category tonight, um, is is a great defender and RJ at times just went right through yeah and it's I mean Thibel is sort of the ideal defender to potentially shut RJ down too because he's lengthy for a guy who's like nominally a wing dating all the way back to college he's a phenomenal shot blocker mm. um, and and you know just a guy that has great defensive timing like across the board uh who also has weirdly decided that he knows how to shoot now. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. They were talking about his numbers since he got to Portland. He's shooting like 50% yeah. from three since he got there. I'm like, dude, what the heck happened there? Because the guy couldn't hit anything <laughs> like a month ago. Um, but at any rate, like, yeah, it, you know, I, I thought that it was, it just underscored how good RJ is getting and, and what a zone he's getting into lately as far as being able to, use his strength to create space and use that to not just not just get good attempts at the rim but actually finish them uh which is of course the the operative thing that you have to do like generating the opportunity is one thing but finishing is what makes you great 
And he's starting to do that now uh, with better results than he has at certain points during the season. Uh, also got seven free throw attempts for his trouble, which is always good to see as well. I love seeing RJ get to the line. That was something that he was phenomenal at to end last year. Uh, we noted that he was like top five in the NBA, I think, after the All-Star break last year at getting to the free throw line. So if he can continue doing that, heading into the playoffs, that's a valuable thing to have to be able to just know that you can you could beat your defender, you can get all the way to the hoop, and hopefully you could finish it, but at least you could generate free throws and shoot somewhat decently on them. He shot five of seven in this game. Um, but defensively, too, I thought that he really showed out. Like he seems to really lately have kind of a fire under his butt, which is good. Like, cause he definitely needed that for a little bit. Um and and lately. I think he's been just giving consistent effort across the board. I think the process has been good in most games, even if the results aren't haven't always been there uh, from an efficiency standpoint. But I've been I've been pretty impressed with him lately. Uh, another guy I was impressed with in this game, fighting through some adversity, was Julius Randle. Actually, uh, he was he had three fouls in the first quarter, uh, which is not great, and then had to have a pretty long stint from the end of the first quarter to almost all the way to the end of the second quarter where he wasn't able to play. He seemed visibly frustrated at the third foul call, which we just saw recently where he let ref frustrations get to him and it arguably cost the Knicks a game uh, the other day against the Clippers. And yet in this one, he took a deep breath. I mean, he definitely talked the entire way down the sideline uh, getting back to his seat, but then you know, let it roll off his back and eventually put together a really good game overall. I mean, his his uh, entire entire game like he it was actually split up pretty well because he was he was doing quite well in the first quarter. And then for that little bit before halftime, but 24 points overall for him, 10, 10 rebounds, four assists. Uh, and he also shot eh, not not his best game. 8 to 20, but 05 from three as well. I mean, there was just, but 8 to 10 from the free throw line. I guess that it, all that is to say, Gavin, like, I didn't think he played his best game from the foul trouble early, from the not making any threes, all that stuff. But I was impressed with his composure and yeah. the fact that he still managed to turn it into a good game. Like, he turned a, he, he made lemonade out of lemons essentially in this game because things looked like they couldn't have, uh, they were going to go really poorly for him. And then he, he turned it into a pretty freaking good game. Yeah, he started off 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. And I, I wrote down in my notes that it kind of reminded me of two years ago, Randall, where we saw as the season went on, he got a little bit fatigued and he he became, I mean, that season as a whole was pretty jump shot reliant, but he he turned it up to another level, became even more jump shot reliant. And I, I remember going on this podcast and talking like, you know, they're, they're going in, but I don't know if I... I love the idea that he's he's taking 25 foot step back threes with with a guy in his face and he he had a few game stretch I remember in that 2021 season where he's making them and we're like all right I guess I guess it works but um ultimately that that is not sustainable for him that's never going to be sustainable for him because he is a he's turned himself into a good three point shooter he's not uh Damian Lillard and he's he's never going to be Damian Lillard and that's okay because he is a a 260 pound 275 pound tank of a human being and uh, that is is always going to be the strength of his game and and, and he, he he realized that in real time in this one which is a credit for a guy who at times in the past whose self-awareness we've we've questioned like th this was an immense amount of self-awareness he's like all right i'm trying to win this way it's not working i am going to find the energy to to not do that and and immediately um went in got two tough finishes at the end of the first quarter started 
getting to the foul line, like had a couple of, of really nice rip through moves. One on, I think Thibault, one on Watford, one on um, Dame. Um, he had a, a gorgeous drive on Trenton Watford where he did, uh, he did my favorite move from Grimes where he, he, he kind of dribbles really fast stops and almost implies he's either going to hand the ball off or, or flip it to someone and, and then just speeds by the defender did that for a dunk um, had, a, had a double pump and one through two defenders had a leaning banker. Um, we, we always talk about just the variety of shot making with Julius Randle, but I usually, I like to see that variety around the rim. And as the game went along, we certainly saw that but Alex I think it's it, it tells you how insanely good this game was for the Knicks that we have gone um, nearly a half hour into this episode and we haven't mentioned uh, Josh Hart's name yet because he he almost had a triple double uh, 16 points nine rebounds eight assists uh, three steals in this one what, what stood out to you um, from Hart tonight just the the same things that always stand out right the hustling the getting after everything that just like influencing the game as as best as he can you know what i mean like not i I guess being everywhere all at once right i guess we're gonna do uh everything everywhere all at once he's like an oscar winner um (laughs) but you know the the way that he pushes in transition i feel like i bring this up every single show but it just it it hasn't stopped amazing me yet in his run with the knicks so far like the fact that every time the ball touches his hands off a rebound off of a miss from the other team, he's halfway down the court already. By the time the other team even knows what to do, is just so valuable, and it, and it's helped the Knicks so much as a whole to establish their offense and get things going. And it was part of what helped them sort of get out of the rut today. You know, it's like it, he makes them like rut proof. You know, like they can be not having a good day. You know, not shooting the ball well, whatever. But transition offense can just be like the cure for all ails in that case, you know, he, and he provides that and is super valuable with it. Um, of course the rebounding is amazing as well. The steals were great. The three point shooting, you know, he shot two of five in this one and his threes came at pretty key moments as well as well. The last one was not at a particularly key moment, but he had one earlier that was sort of helping to bury the blazers in this game. Uh, definitely a, a game that made the trade of, reddish for josh hart look fantastic uh by comparison uh considering hart ended up a team high plus 26 and his his presence on the court really felt like a team high once again in this game yeah i i what stood out to me was was his facilitating in transition and that just he it's kind of amazing for a guy who i mean normally when you say guys don't get sped up you you think of star players because that that is that is kind of in, in some ways the definition of a star right that they they have their own they have their own gravity and and everything um sort of adjusts to them but heart i guess in that sense is, is is kind of a star player because in transition he has such a good timing of all right i am i'm coming down the middle of the floor who's filling either lane when will they be in the optimal spot for me to throw them the basketball and over and over and over again he just he makes the right decision and he is he's never rushed in in doing so i mean one of my favorite passes of his was was on one where he didn't even get the assist he whipped it to obi in the corner and then obi redirected it to uh, deuce on the wing um he had the other one where he i mean this this play kind of perfectly epitomized where the where the trade worked out for cam um where or not not for cam but trading cam worked out for the Knicks 
um, when uh, I think it was Dame was just telegraphing a pass to Cam and Hart read it perfectly. And then Hart was just so much more aggressive to the ball than, than Cam was. Got it. Um, second defender came over to just kind of trap him and he, and he just slipped it out right in time to get it to Deuce um, for the dunk. So just over and over and over again, just just the defensive playmaking, which was, which was one of the things, Alex, you and I loved about Cam earlier this year. Josh Hart does it on another level because he doesn't just he doesn't just get the steal. Then he goes out in transition and um, and not that Cam Reddish is bad at this, but Hart is at another level as both a finisher um, and a passer. Um, so he was he was great. Um, last last two guys to shout out real quick. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein uh, for me, I thought he was he was the MVP of the Knicks getting back in this game when they turned it from, again, 21 to six to I think it was 36, 33 in pretty quick succession. I already I already mentioned um the um the pass he had to a cutting deuce um he had another setup to deuce for a three had a baseball pass to obi that obi did a great job um catching and stepping back on to turn to a three and i i just thought nurkic's um defensive play in this one was he, he got called for one kind of crummy foul at a certain point but was really really good had three big offensive rebounds finished with 11 boards overall four assists a steal a block was a plus 20 in 27 minutes despite not scoring and it was it was another night, and not and this isn't even a shot at Mitchell Robinson because I I thought he was fine in this game, but it was another night where um, I, I thought Hartenstein was was pretty clearly the Knicks' best center, and, and the minutes those guys both played reflected that. Tom Thibodeau uh, agrees with that opinion. Yeah, and yet another zero point game for Hartenstein that still felt impactful, which is pretty tough to do in the NBA. Like it's yeah, it's it's not an easy feat to go out there and put up zero and then have it still feel like you really really did something hmm. um yeah i'll shout out obi toppin um who i thought did a really great job especially when in that first to second quarter stretch when randall was in foul trouble he came in and, and like you needed production out of obi and he gave it like he hit a couple threes during that stretch he ends four of six shooting three of five from three uh in not that many minutes uh he i think only played a total of 14 in this game uh, and had 11 points overall. I mean, I thought that he just did the the scoring that the Knicks needed um, and, you know, just giving his little OB top and spin to the power forward position that he always does. But the shot making is what's always super important for him. And then, yeah, I'll just give Mitch like, honestly, I was really surprised to see Mitch not play as much, although Hardenstein did play really well. So I guess it's just kind of like, well, you can't play both of them. Um, but Mitch, it was sort of interesting. I guess one little wrinkle that I thought was kind of cool was that it seemed like the Knicks had him shading out to the perimeter a lot more than usual, uh, in, in this game, especially early on, like he was sticking to the perimeter more to keep an eye on, on Dame or Simons on screens. And then it was leading to these like kind of funny mismatches of Nurkic having like quickly on him or whatever fairly often. But then Mitch was recovering really quick to, negate that and getting back down to to defend his band so um kudos to him i i i don't think the box like people would look at this box score and be like oh mitch probably had a terrible game but i, I don't think he did i think he had a totally fine effort and it was just uh circumstances it just kept him out of this one but i i thought that there was some interesting wrinkles for him and i thought he all in all had a pretty good game too 
Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Um the the one play where he he tracked Dame out to the baseline and blocked his shot. That was uh there was some something something re reawakened in my heart. I was like, Oh yeah, Mitchell Mr. Robinson can do that. And I, I hope um I, I would I would love for him in in, in the playoffs, like whether it's a it, it's a redux of, of James Harden or or maybe I mean glory be to the basketball gods on Donovan Mitchell. I, I want him in a key moment, switch that on a guard. I want him uh sending that deuce uh out out. Uh, out of bounds or up the court and Josh Hart flying and getting a dunk. Like I, I just, I, I always want to see more of that from it. So that was great. Uh, but that'll wrap up this edition of the locked on Knicks podcast uh, for Alex. I am Gavin um, and we will be back uh, with two more mailbag episodes for you guys. And then a fresh game recap over the weekend. It's a, it's a long layoff for the Knicks. They don't play again till Saturday, but we will have you covered with plenty of fun stuff. In the meantime, until then be good. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.